The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, friend of show, Brendan Glasheen, returns to break down what's happening in the NBA again, folks. Brendan, by the way, is a play-by-play man for the main Celtics of the G League. Also, WNBA's Connecticut Sun, as well as uh, hosts on ESPN, DraftKings, and an Action Network contributor, so he works a lot. He joined me and my co-host Ryan Horvat and Nick Ashew on BetMGM tonight on a recent episode. Talked about the Dallas Mavericks, the Milwaukee Bucks, as well as his thoughts on the MVP race and the Rookie of the Year. I enjoyed this conversation, so Nick, do me a favor and drop that beat. With Chris Middleton back, we wanted to know what impact his return might have on the Bucks and whether that actually made them favorites for the NBA title. As Brendan's Celtics insider, I thought his answer was very interesting. Maybe a little biased. We then get into his thoughts on what's happening in Dallas as well. Yeah, well, having Middleton back, I thought his absence in the playoffs, particularly against Boston in the East semis, was was glaring. And the fact that Giannis and company kept that series close, I think, is a compliment to Giannis and what his game's all about, elevating others, making others around him better putting role players in situations to succeed, you know, having him back. And I was just looking, I noticed that the ticker here on the side, I couldn't believe it. Brooke Lopez is the front runner to win defensive player of the year. He's He's been a block machine. Mm -hmm. Giannis is in, I've said this now for a while. I think Giannis belongs in that category as LeBron in terms of, okay, his name's going to be up there for MVP now every year. And as we know with the MVP award, it's very subjective, no matter what league you're talking about. If you're in the discussion every year, you get kind of boring. You're not the shiny new toy. You're just expected to be there. So there's no surprise that Giannis is in the discussion with Tatum and Luka. So I wonder, do those two players take a slight hit in their production to try and work Middleton back? If anything, it might be smarter to wait on those two players for those respective awards. But yeah, I mean, this is a huge help for Milwaukee. It bolsters their depth and the way Boston's playing right now. You need everything possible, especially a knockdown shooter, to take down that team, which is on pace to maybe be 
the best offensive basketball team ever. Like that, that is legitimate. That is a legitimate argument about the way the Celtics are playing right now on offense. Yeah, you're right. Offensively, the difference between them and the number two slot is the same between two and I think 13 or 16 like that mm-hmm. in terms of the offensive rating. So them between everyone else is just absolutely insane. We were talking about the Mavericks earlier, Brendan, and they're losing right now to the Detroit Pistons 66 to 60. Uh, this team is a mess, it feels like. They're asking hmm. Jason Kidd after every game, like, what's up with your rotations? Why is Dwight Powell starting over Christian Wood? Why is JaVale McGee starting over Christian Wood? They even had Nico Harrison on, the GM, on one of our Odyssey stations, and they asked, like, hey, is Jason Kidd playing mind games with C. Wood? What are your thoughts? Uh, he obviously said no. Uh, what are your thoughts just in terms of what you're seeing so far? Because it feels like Luka has to be Superman for this team even to be competitive. You hit, you hit the nail on the head. It's very Luka-centric. My partner in crime over at Action, who covers the NBA, Matt Moore, he he calls it Luka Ball, and it's very reminiscent of what James Harden had to oh, do ho, in yeah. Houston. What did I but say? It, Sorry. I, it's all built around Luka to play hero ball, get out of the way. They played a slow pace, and Luka, we're going to let you dribble, 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 and hope you come up with something good, and he's very good at doing that. But we're asking the question about the team and how they can prevail. I don't think Kemba Walker as a signing uh, moves the needle all that much, <laughs> but their moves, um, I love the wood pickup in the off season. I thought it made a lot of sense. It still feels like though, Jason Kidd's Achilles heel is, okay, we're just gonna let Luca uh, do his thing. Now look, they've been great at home. They got a nice win the other night against Golden State. Of course, Golden State, as you folks know, very public team. They're a hard team to go against. They had just started to turn it around, beating their opponents by double digits. They had starting winning more games. And you know how it goes with a lot of these really good teams, especially a team like Golden State. And it happens a lot in the NBA. There are nights where the team just decides not to show up. Now, they showed up that night. It was a competitive game. Didn't surprise me that Golden State arrived for a big spot like that. But Luka's that good. And the pieces in, in Golden State, I think their primary pieces are getting a little older now. We're playing those big minutes. When you play in the finals, as long as they've had, it catches up. But yeah, I mean, with the Mavs, I love the Dinwiddie pickup last year, but it still feels like they're missing a a key number two to at least change up their scheme offensively. And and to Luca's credit, he puts his head down and still gets buckets. And I I don't know if it's very sustainable. They're going to be a threat. They're probably a team you don't want to play in a play-in, which is what they're, they're hoping for. I think at this stage, based on their placement right now in the West in the West standings and the West play-in tournament. But um, they're a team to me that feels like they're going to have to make some sort of move to alleviate some of the, the workload. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, where do you think they finish as we're just a quarter way through the season? And like, do they have anything even in terms of pieces to make a move? Yeah, it's a good question, right? I mean, they're 10 and 10. They're the 11 spot right now in the West. It's funny when you guys first had me on, we were talking about the Timberwolves and they'd get their act together there are a lot of teams like that in the West. I feel like, all right, this team going to figure it out. Is there anyone really viable in the West? And that's why I won't write off Golden State because I don't feel anyone in the West has taken enough control of the conference for me to think otherwise, for me to think that they can't um, they can't make a move. Again, they went out and got Kemba Walker. That's how desperate they are to sign a guy who has banged up knees, has had issues staying on the floor. Again, I don't think that moves the needle all that much. I don't have the contracts in front of me, but I, Dinwiddie's making over $20 million a year. I think he's someone you want to hold on to. Maybe they changed their mind on Wood. There are younger players like Kleba. 
Uh, they don't have, they don't really have much there in terms of young guys. Look, they lost a little bit in the free agent market. Jalen Brunson being the big piece, and he got he got paid by the Knicks. So, I think you put me, you, you kind of trapped me there, Trista. I don't know if they have enough there to make a make a significant <laughs> move. It kind of feels like this is it, but they can get creative. Maybe they dump some salary here. But it feels like if they're going to make if they want to bring somebody in, they're going to have to subtract someone of pretty substantial value that's helped them to a 500 record at this point. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Next, Brendan expanded on his thoughts on the Mavericks here and whether he believed that Luka could actually win the MVP. Interesting perspective here. Give it a listen. Yeah, and Tatum had been, well, folks around in, in this part of the area were like, all right, Tatum's been awesome, but they're playing him a ton of minutes. But I give Boston credit because they're trying to build a lead, and they've got a team in Milwaukee, who we already talked about, that's right behind them in the standings, getting home court, which the Celtics proved wasn't all that important. They went to Milwaukee and won. They went to Miami and won a game seven to go to the NBA finals. They flip-flopped games. I think Golden State proved home court does matter quite a bit when you play that team in the NBA finals. But to your point about, about Dallas, it's sort this this award is it's very narrative-driven. It's also very motivation-driven. I think the year Russ won it was the first year without Durant, so that was a sexy pick for a lot of folks. But no question, you've got to be in at the very minimum the top five of your league or your conference never mind the league overall but you've got to be in the top half of your conference and what i fear is as we've discussed it's very luca driven god forbid something happens to him on the injury front that i don't know how good they would be or how i kind of have a theory of how bad they might be without him but how good i don't think they could hold the fourth down with him being out of the lineup so it's a good point i don't know how much they can afford to do maintenance days with the two other players in line with him, odds-wise, Tatum and Giannis, well, Middleton's coming back for the Bucks, So you'd figure with Holiday, the way Lopez is playing on defense, their role players have all ascended. If Middleton can come back for, say, 10 games or so, get his feet wet, you can give Giannis maintenance days. And Boston's already proven they can give Tatum the night off and still win games by 40. And then we'll give Jalen Brown the night off and we'll be just fine. So... The Mavs don't have that luxury. You might want to wait, honestly, on, on the Mavs because say it does go downward a little bit, maybe you get a better number, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I just, I don't think they can afford to have him out of the lineup because I'm not sure what that would look like. Finally, we get into Brendan's unfiltered thoughts on the MVP race and whether Devin Booker has played his way into it, as well as his very brief thoughts on Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think we're at a point now too, speaking of guys that aren't, at the same point they were a few years ago to carry their respective franchise. Like Chris Paul is, I think was an important player for that team to learn how to win, not necessarily in the biggest spots, but to win a lot of regular season games. And Aiton's been outspoken early in the year about how he felt about coming back. So you got to give Booker a lot of credit for keeping the train on the tracks in Phoenix. And like you mentioned, they've won, they're on a nice little wing streak. They're 15 and six. Denver's the only team threatening, but I don't think Jokic is in that same He's not having the same caliber year he's had in the past. I think it's a it's a great look with with the, with the with the Phoenix Suns. Like I said before, this is very much like the NFL. If you look back, just I'm using the NFL as an example. It's very much like the NBA. 
to win the MVP, you've got to be a one or two seed in your respective conference, and you've got to be at the top of the league in scoring. And I think this year more than ever, they've had to lean on Booker to be a go-to guy because I think to ask the Suns supporting cast, and I put Paul in that category because as he gets older, it's unfair to ask him to continue to carry that burden you're going to have to be the guy on every given night to turn to. And I think Booker, it's worked out really well because as Paul's gotten older, he's sort of handing the keys over to Devin Booker. So no question worth a look at this point. We're more than a quarter of the way through the year. Mm -hmm. So we don't necessarily know, and load load management and injuries are a big part of this, but we don't know for sure entirely what this team is fully made of, or all teams are fully made of. But I think we can say Phoenix has put those demons behind them when they lost by 50 in the conference semis to the Dallas Mavericks. And they're going to need Devin Booker to have a big, big last three quarters of the year. So yeah, that, that I mean, I would guess if they keep winning that, that number ain't going to stay where it is. Yeah. I like that a lot. Another one that I wanted you to get your thoughts on very quickly. Uh, Paolo, some, for some reason, even though he's just coming back from a high ankle sprain, still minus 400. I know the price has gotten a lot worse, but I've been pumping Benedict Matherin's tires pretty much since he got into the league. He's plus 250, even though he's coming off the bench. Uh, what are your thoughts on just like where the value is? Do you like anyone else besides him? You know, what would you do? Well, what's going on in Sacramento, I wouldn't touch Keegan Murray because there's just yeah. a lot of good. There's a, Sacramento's been a fun team in the league this year. One of the really good stories, Mike Brown's done a really nice job with there was a clip the other night. He was coaching someone in between a TV timeout. He was making them understand how to take a charge. And I just thought like, all right, Mike Brown's got this group bought in, but it's a real collective effort there. And there are just too many other guys that need the ball from Murray, Jade Nivey with Cunningham. I think they're, they're, they're button heads a bit, not button heads, but just the, they, they get in each other's way to, to have this, the spotlight. But Pat Carroll looks like an NBA, like he looked like an NBA player. I thought at Duke, but when you play with so many all Americans and so many top first round picks at Duke, you can't, and with Coach K, of course, final season, there was a lot of narratives with that Duke team last year. Bancaro, we found out right away, has an NBA game, NBA build. They run it through him. He's a passer. He can rebound. He impacts the game off the ball, especially. So I'm a big fan of Bancaro. I don't think there's much there elsewhere. Big shout out to Brennan Glasheen for coming on the show. BetMGM tonight airs Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's available on demand on the Odyssey app and in podcast form, wherever you find your podcast. Many thanks to my co-host as well as my producer. That is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Check out the feed for past episodes and many episodes. They drop pretty much every single day. Follow the Heat Check as well as the continued season erupts. Do not forget, folks, to download, subscribe, tell all your friends about this pod. Somebody said, oh, Trista, the Heat Check's the only podcast that it doesn't have an agenda, isn't PR'd. Tell the folks, every single one of them. And follow us on social at this Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. See you next time, knuckleheads.